I am Plata on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Leslie Hertig joins me again, the Artistic Director of the Vancouver Writers' Fest, the 35th annual one. Calls uh, in the weekend before it all starts, this Monday, the 17th of October, running to uh, Sunday, the 23rd of October. Uh, there are some 80 events with over 115 authors from across the country and around the world. There will be events in person on and around Granville Island, as well as virtual events, ones uh, where you can pay what you can, and as uh, we say every year, events for everybody. I'll get Leslie to give us some insight into her job as artistic director, her collaborations this year, uh, guest curator Omar el and spoken word uh, crea- curator uh, Jillian Christmas, as well as events she's looking forward to. The website for more is at writersfest.bc.ca. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online Program, Leslie Hertig. Ms. Hertig, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for joining us. It's, it's a busy time, so I appreciate you making the time to chat. I'm very happy to be with you. So I was um, at an event. You were at the same event. I didn't get a chance to talk to you that night at the BC Book Prizes recently. Indeed. And um, I'm sure the feelings similar where you were at. People were happy to get together, weren't they? They really were, and I'm sure you've experienced this with arts events you've gone to over the past little while, Um, the energy that you feel in a room when people are responding to something that's being said on stage together uh, is just, it, it, I don't know, fires off something different in the brain and really does make you feel like you are a part of something. Yeah, I can't help but read the, the program, which people can get throughout the city at libraries or coffee shops and the sort. I've seen it everywhere. Um, and, and look through it and, and realize that it's the 35th uh, year. Um, it really does feel like a celebration, and I can't um, not expect it'll be like that when, when people are at these events um, in and around Granville Island next week. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. It is indeed the 35th anniversary. Um, our founding artistic director started this festival in 1988 on Granville Island, and we have continued there ever since, of course, expanding our programming year-round. But uh, in terms of the festival, yes, I think the excitement is really building, and we are very happy to be welcoming 115 authors, over 80 events during that week. Streaming, is that part of uh, the festival too this year? Well, I mean, like you said, things, things are different this year than last, but I think we can both agree that the pandemic is not over and not right. everybody feels comfortable returning to venues. We are opening up our theaters to everyone who can and would like to join us for mm-hmm. these live events. But we also recognize this increased accessibility that happens when we are able to offer up digital events. So what we've committed to this year is filming all of our events, and I should start by saying all of our youth events are being live-streamed, mm. so that schools anywhere, right across B.C. and well across the world, in fact, yeah. can tune in and join those youth conversations. And then for our adult events, we've committed to professionally filming all of those. Then we will reproduce those as a digital festival offering in December. So that for the month of December, you'll be able to watch a selection of about 30 events. Yeah, because there, there are events here um, that uh, overlap. And so physically one couldn't make it to, say, uh, a couple of these things that they wanted to go to. So that, that'll that be a good chance for them to check that out in December, I guess, right? 
Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess that's, you know, in the festival environment, this is what happens. You have multiple events happening simultaneously. Yeah. And you're right. There are always some where you can't decide, oh, should I go to that one or should I go to this one? Um, the digital festival will offer that opportunity to see the ones you may have missed, just like you said. Um, it's an experiment that we're trying this year. And like I said, a, a real investment as well, as you can imagine. Yeah. That's a lot of people power involved and a lot of technology involved in filming all of those events and then reproducing them. So it's something we are investing in, but it's also an experiment. And we'll see how that all goes. Well, about five years ago, I don't think, I don't think any of us thought that these things could be live streamed. And now that they are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But... You know, I'll say the reason we're not live streaming everything mm-hmm. is because not-for-profit arts organizations like us, we rely on ticket sales and getting people back into theaters. And also, the point that you made at the beginning of our conversation, that there is this energy that we all get off of one another from being in a theater together and hearing the laughter or murmurs from our audience members who are enjoying the same arts presentation that mm-hmm. we are. Um, you can't replicate that on the screen. So we just want to try to find that balance between um, having revenue come in so that we can pay for these events mm-hmm. and then also offering up these digital events to those who, for whatever reason, couldn't attend. Now, the the, uh, the practice of having a guest curator, that, that's a longstanding one. The, this year, Julian Christmas, she returns as a spoken word curator. Is that right? Right. That's correct. And yeah. then Omar Alekid is, is a guest curator um, as is. well. Well, what, what's, what are the conversations that you have with them in terms of programming? Um, do you, do you uh, with one another, say, come up with a theme? or, or uh, It must be exciting to come up with some ideas, especially when you look at the, the finished lineup, if you will. Um, I, I can just imagine uh, what might have been left off. Oh, gosh, there's always so much left off. Um, and that's where we start thinking about next year. Mm. Oh, we can do it this year, but next year we'll try again. Um, what a what a delight it has been to work with Omar this year. Uh, the thing about Omar is that he has this journalist's brain yeah. as well as the novelist's brain. He he does both so well. And when I approached him about becoming our guest curator for 2022, he jumped on board immediately. He was enthusiastic. He had ideas right away. He's so well-read that he just had a list of names that he would love to invite. And it was a pleasure to move forward with that. And he had a vision right away about uh, programming events around the theme of home and displacement and what it means to be home. Um, and I think you'll see in the six events that he curated that he's really brought that, those themes to our stages. Yeah, there's a lot in, in the, the lineups that are, that, that's timely, um, things that, that, um, that we're all thinking about, you know, whether it's the future of journalism, say, or the state of journalism. Um, and there are things that we don't really um, had, had, I guess, had hoped not to think about. You know, there's a great panel with um, uh, Liz Renzetti uh, with two novelists uh, on abortion mm-hmm. or access to abortion. I, I read We Jane by Amy Wall. I haven't read the other one. But, um, again, I remember telling Amy at the time that um, I guess we didn't think we'd be talking about this 10 years ago or 20 years ago even. I mean, yeah, that's right. And, uh, well, as you know, Joe, sometimes our novelists 
are the best at telling us uh, the stories (laughs) that we are facing and and uh, it's it's remarkable that this has come around again to be on the minds of uh, all women around the world but um Indeed, in Canada as well, we are so close to the United States, and often what happens there ends up leading up into our country as well. So, yeah, timely conversations is something that the Vancouver Writers' Fest has always strived to program, and um, certainly it's no different now. And and I mentioned the the panel on journalism. I mean, that's something, regardless of whatever genre one reads in, that's something we're all thinking about and, and, and wondering what the future Yes, might hold, yes, right? Indeed. I actually borrowed that idea from Jane Davidson at the Sunshine Coast mm. Literary Festival. She had noted that she had so many incredible journalists visiting the festival this summer that she decided to throw them into a panel together to have this conversation. And I told her in August, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> You're right. We've got these incredible minds. And why would we not have this conversation that is so topical? Uh, Alexander McLeod's collection. I, I enjoyed reading that um, a lot. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's coming to the festival this year, and I guess the McLeods have always had a, a, a long-standing connection to the Writers' Fest, right? Yes, yes, I believe that is true too. And what an incredible book of short stories that is! I'm a huge fan of that genre of short stories, mm-hmm. and I have to say, this year, uh, my goodness, we have an incredible selection. Uh, Kim Fu is joining us with her. Giller Price shortlisted collection along, uh, well, actually, Rawi Hodge will let be at our first event on Monday night for that Scotiabank Giller Prize event. Right. And then we've got, um, oh my goodness, an incredible debut collection from an American writer, um, uh, Escoffery, Escoffery, Jonathan Escoffery is uh-huh. his name. And I cannot recommend that book to enough people. I've been pushing it into their hands. It's called If I Survive You. What an incredible collection of short stories! <laughs> what a great and title, then, yeah. Yeah, and then and then, like you said, um, Alexander Alexander's collection as well. We have a couple of short story events at the festival, and I will be sitting in the audience to listen in on those. That must be. I, I, well, I, I interviewed him for that collection. I've interviewed other writers who, who write short stories. It's always hard to, to interview someone with, with a book like that because. Um, there are obviously stories that one likes, and, and then there are ones, like in Alexander's book, there was one that I was obsessed with mm. for days afterwards. And, and so you, you try, well, I don't know how to, to do an interview, say, with, with someone about that. I mean, you, you want to touch on everything in the book, but <laughs> you inevitably yeah. focus on, on the thing that you're, you're um, yeah, that's a, that's thinking a really, about. Yeah, that's a really good question for <laughs> moderators. I have to say I'm struggling with that a little bit when I think about speaking to the five shortlisted Giller Prize authors, mm. because, of course, each book is so different. So how do you tie everything together without, uh, like you said, obsessing over one book that you loved the most or, or that you became incredibly intrigued with? I guess it is the same with short story collections. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of moderators, um, as someone who's a fan of interviewing, um, mm-hmm. I, I go to school listening to Sheila Rogers and Eleanor Wachtel, um, listening to their shows. Um, so, again, this year we have the chance to see them work, essentially, right? Yes, they are. Um, Eleanor is joining us and will be recording for Writers and Company a conversation with Lebanese-German writer Pierre Jarawan. Um, and we're very much looking forward to welcoming her back. 
and the wonderful Sheila Rogers is joining us for two events as well. Um, one of them called Writing Indigeneity, where she'll be speaking with journalist Brandy Morin about her new book, Our Voice on Fire. Uh, Cody Cassano, who has a amazing memoir called Half Bads in White Regalia. And Eldon Yellowhorn, uh, who's written quite a beautiful book for children called Sky Wolf's Call. So she'll be joining us uh, with that event. Actually, that's presented in partnership with the Talking Stick Festival mm. here in Vancouver. And the other one, oh my goodness, the other one, uh, we're so honored to be hosting an event that will honor the writing of Harold Johnson, who we yeah. lost this past year to cancer. Um, Harold R. Johnson was the guest of the festival a few times over mm-hmm. the past five years, and Sheila has gathered uh, Marshall Lederman, Brian Thomas, and David A. Robertson to have a conversation about the power of story. And they'll be focusing on their three books, but also paying tribute to this posthumously published book of Harold's called The Power of Story, which um, is a beautiful title. And we'll have that, uh, I should say, we'll have that on sale. All of these books will be on sale in our pop-up bookstore on Granville Island during Festival Week. Yeah, that, that event um, uh, uh, that you just mentioned, um, that's a live recording of the next chapter, which um, it's a great show every every week. Um, mm-hmm. And so to, to see them put that together, I guess, in real time, as it were, that'll be just fun as a, as a radio fan, not let alone as a, as a reader, say. Yes, yeah, I, I think so too, and it's always fun to revisit a conversation after you've heard it in person and then get to hear it again on the radio. Indeed, indeed. Um, it, speaking of tributes, there's a Mavis Gallant tribute. Um, B- Bill Richardson has, has, has put that together, another well-beloved name in this town and across the country. Um, yes. It'll be at the York Theater. Um, what can people expect that night, say? Well, let me tell you, we actually have two events curated by Bill Richardson to honor Mavis Gallant. And the first one is on the Thursday night, and it looks at the coincidence of August 11th, which was indeed this year mm-hmm. Mavis Gallant's 100th birthday. It is also Bill Richardson's birthday, mm. and it is also Ivan Coyote's birthday, and Veda Hilly's birthday, and Marcus Youssef's birthday. Wow. And as we were booking travel for the festival, we discovered that another one of our guests, Amina Ahmad, was also born on August 11th. <laughs> so Bill put together this wonderful event, The Great Coincidence of August 11th, which will both honor Mavis's work, but yeah. also talk about this incredible date and, and, and what it means to everyone. So I think that's going to be quite a fun event. Anyone who knows Bill Richardson knows that he is a wonderful uh, entertainer, wonderful writer, and I think that that's just going to be a great one. So then... Our closing night event on Sunday, October 23rd, is called Her Image on the Mirror, a tribute to Mavis Gallant. This one is more of a theatrical presentation. Bill has written a script based on Mavis's writing that will be performed by two distinguished Vancouver actors, Nicola Cavendish and Gabrielle Rose. Um, We also will have a musician on stage with them. And I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Something very different than what we normally present at the festival, and I, I love that about it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Bill in, in my office here uh, when his last collection came out. 
And I can't tell you just how much I enjoyed being in the same room with him, and just uh, and it's just absolutely. it was just the two of us, and he lit up the room, and and he can absolutely. do that in a theater, you know. Oh, absolutely! I, I, I yes, I know you, you hit the nail on the head there. He really does light up a room. Yeah, uh, we're we're talking uh, several days in advance of of, of the festival, and, and every time we talk, usually it's it's um, uh, say a month before even, um, and tickets usually are. Um, sold out for a lot of events, aren't they? I'd assume assume that's the same this year. Yes, tickets are selling well. Now you can understand, of course, that these are are COVID days Mm, that we are in. And so some of the events that would sell out first, like our literary cabaret, which happens every year, every year on the Saturday night, we we still have some tickets left. Having said ah, that, yeah. it's gone into what we call the red, meaning we're, mm. we're down to the last dozen or so. So if any of your listeners are interested, they should jump on those. Um, we have had several of our events sell out. We still have lots of tickets available for many of our events. And that's a good thing because a lot of us in this town are, are pretty late, last-minute um, ticket buyers. And so <laughs> yeah. it'll be a good there thing to go. yeah, check over, over the weekend and, and see what we can go to. Um, the, the last two festivals, I mean, you know, they, they were during uh, pandemic times. This one is as well. Um, what did the last two years, say, reveal to you about us here in Vancouver and our relationship with writers and books? Uh, this is a book town for sure, and we know that because of the numbers of books that we sell during Festival Week in our festival bookstore, and we know that because of the appetite to purchase tickets to see these writers from all over the world. When we had to pivot to a fully digital festival in 2020, we were really heartened to see that our patrons returned to us on screens and still invested in us and still would make donations to help us keep going. And that support really told me that there's a great book-loving community here in Vancouver. And likewise, last year, when we did two things, we were both uh, producing digital events and a smaller in-person festival on the island. Mm -hmm. We were so happy to be able to sell out those events that were at 50% capacity due to um, the COVID guidelines at the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just find book sales are strong at the festival, word of mouth about new and emerging authors as well as the established authors we bring in um, just builds and builds each year. And we get wonderful feedback from people who have suggestions for us on events they'd like to hear or authors they want to hear from. It just keeps coming. And so we feel very well supported and and that we hope we're contributing to that literary landscape for Vancouver. And it's such a draw, especially for international writers. I mean, I, I talk to them um, on, on this podcast, say, in advance of, of them coming to, to Vancouver in October, say. Yeah. And they always talk about what a great time they have and, and how much they're looking forward. And I guess the only time that you, you get a no from someone um, who you want to bring in is because they can't swing it um, in their schedule, right? So Yeah, often that's the case. I mean, what a beautiful spot to arrive on Granville Island to be housed in the Granville Island Hotel overlooking the creek and the little ferry boats and um, be surrounded by artisans and be able to collaborate and meet your peers 
it's a, it's a beautiful setting, and then I like to think that the events we are putting them in are, are well thought out, well curated, and that they feel well taken care of for the time that they are with us. Yeah, and and I guess you know it's been thirty five years. Thirty five years hence, I mean, people will still be gathering at, at the Writers Fest, won't they? Yes, yes. Cheers to that. Yeah. Um, just looking ahead, I guess there's an event too on uh, November eleventh with uh, Charlie Demers and Ian Rankin. Yes, indeed. Tickets are almost sold out for that one, and we can't wait to welcome Ian back. All the best, uh, Leslie. Um, you, you know how much I uh, have uh, admired all the work that you all do there and, and uh, can't wait for this year and, and uh, years to come. I appreciate your time again. Thank you so much, Joe. It was a pleasure to speak with you, and I hope to see you soon. The Vancouver Writers' Fest uh, starts this Monday, the 17th of October, through to Sunday, the 23rd of October, 2022. Visit writersfest.bc.ca for tickets and information. It's our artistic director, Leslie Hertig. Join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plato.